Our Bible reading this morning is from Joel, starting at chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. The day of the Lord. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance. As the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Thank you, Abby. And let's pray together. Father, we pray that you might be our teacher this morning. Help us to rightly understand your word. And please help us to uh, live this out in our lives, we pray. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Just as we begin, I want to show you something. This is my grandfather's barometer. It's uh, well over 100 years old. And um, uh, and the reason, I mean, these days you have a barometer which is just this bit, an, an aneroid barometer, don't you? But uh, uh, but this one has a column of mercury. If you open up the back, you can see the mercury. So uh, please don't tip it over because we'll have mercury over the carpet here because it'll come out the top of the of the uh, column that's that's in it. And uh, and the idea is that when the when the pressure rises, the mercury goes up, and the uh, uh, the the, uh, the needle here goes round to tell you what's going on. And uh, uh, and it's it's lovely. We ought to get it just cleaned up a bit and put it on the wall or something at uh, some point. But uh, anyway, please don't knock it over. Um, it's uh, just a little bit. <laughs> don't knock it over, Philip. <clears throat> now, why have I told you that? Well, this morning we are looking at a very, probably what is a very familiar passage because it's Joel chapter 2. It's quoted by the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And uh, when he's there, he, uh, as he speaks, he says, well, Joel was talking about today on the day of Pentecost when, uh, when the Spirit was given. But I want to step back and get a bigger picture of this, really, because what it's saying is uh, in, in Joel chapter two, there's there will come a day when the when the the mercury is rising, when the pressure is rising uh, or if you like, when the temperature is rising, the spiritual temperature is rising. And this is what we're going to see in this uh, these uh, five short verses in Joel chapter two. Uh, the mercury is rising. The pressure is rising spiritually. But let's uh, let's take a step back because um, this uh, day, the pouring out of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, um, it is after something. So look at the first two words in verse 28. And afterwards, I will pour out my Spirit. And then when you uh, look at the, uh, in verse 31, for instance, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So we've got two kind of bookends here. Uh, we've got after something when the spirit is going to pour it out. And then we've got something that's going to be happening just before or before the dreadful coming of the dreadful day of the Lord. 
Um, so afterwards there, in, in verse 28, the beginning of verse 28, well, let's go back to Joel's day. Now, uh, it's very important when we read the Bible that we, we try and work out what would have meant for the original hearers. Uh, and in Joel's day, um, as we heard from Ben in the first of this little series, we don't know exactly when he lived, uh, sometime, sometime between 900 and 400 BC. I reckon he was probably around about 600 BC, maybe uh, 20, 30, 40 years before that. Um, uh, and then after Joel wrote, uh, as we saw in the sermon last week, there was going to be a better time. Which probably refer, if you were 600, and the, and the awful stuff that happened just after 600, when the Babylonians came in, they destroyed Jerusalem. Uh, most of the people, especially the, the, the big and, and uh, capable and important people, got deported over to Babylon. But he writes about a better time. And then after that better time, which happened uh, in the 500s BC, uh, uh, when things were getting better and then towards the end of that time, people returned to Jerusalem. It was looking a better time for God's people. And he says, and afterwards, so after that happens, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And uh, as that spirit is, is poured out, there's a new era of the spirit. It's a new era of, uh, in terms of spiritually speaking, if you like, the mercury is rising spiritually from that day. So from the day of Pentecost, when the spirit was given to the church, spiritually, it, it, the pressure's rising, if you like. Or if you're thinking about a mercury thermometer, the temperature's rising spiritually. And it has been rising since that day when the spirit was given to the church. And then, uh, on verse 31 there, we see the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, uh, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord's. So we've got the other bookmark at the end of this, which is the day when Jesus will return, the end of the world, the day of the Lord, great and dreadful as it is called here. Uh, and then uh, and we see what's going to happen just before that. So we have this period between the day of Pentecost and the end of the world. In other words, now we're living in it. When the pressure is rising, the spiritual temperature is rising. And we're going to find out uh, more about that this morning. So uh, um, uh, just just to, to, to emphasize that we live in these days now. So when the Spirit was poured out, um, and when there is a, uh, a reaction to this temperature, this, this pressure rising in the creation... I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, verse 30, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. When those, then we see those things and that disjunction and things going wrong in creation, we know we live in the days between when the spirit was given and when Jesus returns. And we see this morning, there are three things. There are no uh, visuals this morning, apart from me. And uh, uh, so we see three specific things on the passage which are, which are going to tell us what is happening in this time between, uh, the spirit, between the Spirit coming and the end of the world. Three things for us to expect and to see and to act on now. And the first one is in verses 28 and 29, when he says, I will pour out my spirit. Now, Joel is looking to the future. 
We are looking back to the past when this happened because we know that that happened on the day of Pentecost. So Jesus died, Jesus was raised, Jesus returned to heaven, and then just shortly after that, the Spirit was given. We know that happened. We know that happened. But actually, that's not quite true. The Spirit was given. No, he wasn't given. The Spirit wasn't given to the church. What's it say? Yeah, it says, I will pour out my Spirit. It's not just giving the Spirit. The Spirit was poured out. Now, yesterday I was up in Derbyshire. Our son Ben was having his stag day, uh, and it rained. We went for a walk up in uh, Derbyshire Dales, and uh, it was really nice. Um, but it rained. And, you know, when, when, we, when we talk about it properly, I mean proper rain, okay, it, it actually tipped it down, and we all got thoroughly wet. And uh, uh, and that's fine. That's okay. But the important thing here is, you see, uh, this 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 pouring out of the spirit. We say it poured down, don't we? Like when it's raining heavily, it's pouring down, or it's uh, it's a downpour. So when you see it raining really heavily, let it remind us that actually, when the spirit is given, that's just exactly what God does when He pours out the spirit into our lives as Christian people. It doesn't. He doesn't drip feed it. It's like a bucket being washed, you know, being poured out over your head. It's like going out in the rain and you're drenched in 30 seconds. That's what God does when he gives the spirit to all Christian people, as we'll see in just a moment. If you're a Christian, the spirit has been poured out into your life, not just kind of like out of a pipette. You're, you know, it's not like doing a lateral flow test, two drips onto the thing. No, the spirit is poured out into our lives. That probably ought to make a difference, shouldn't it? That really ought to make a difference. We'll come back to that. And the other thing is this. Um, I wrote this sermon actually about, uh, in whenever it was, in the second week of the Olympics. It seems ages ago, doesn't it? And the Olympics is a funny time. Is that we got a fortnight when, for some reason, we get interested in shooting as a spectator sport. I mean, it is the worst spectator sport in the world, isn't it? Shooting, frankly. I used to do some shooting. Okay, I shot for my school, for instance, like one did in those days. And, uh, uh, and it is the worst spectator sport ever. Uh, and we get interested in, in taekwondo and synchronized diving and archery and canoeing. When do we ever take an interest in those things? Has anyone come, continued to follow taekwondo or kickboxing or that funny karate stuff where you just make funny faces and, and you know, we'll do all that stuff, but you don't even have an opponent? It's weird, isn't it? But we'll be back doing it in three years' time at the next Olympics. Guaranteed. We'll be taking an interest in those things once more. Well, the thing is, when God pours out his spirit, it's not like the Olympics, where you just get interested in this kind of stuff, and we're really enthusiastic about it, and then we forget about it. No, when God poured out his spirit into our lives, it was permanent. And the impact of that should be permanent in our lives as well. The Spirit has been poured out. We experience the Spirit now. It's a new era. I mean, before Jesus was here, no one in the Old Testament was having the Spirit in the same way that we do as the whole of God's people, the church. It's a new age, the age of the Spirit. And what exactly, let's, let's learn some other things from this. Um, let me point out, uh, I think it's four little things, except they're not little, they're five actually, uh, and they're hugely significant. The first one, though, is this. It's my Spirit. 
See what it says? I will pour out my spirit on all people. It's personal in verse 28. God's own power and life and vitality for his people, for us. And then the second thing, it is lavish. I've already mentioned this, but look at verse 28, 29. I will pour out my spirit. And then again in verse 29, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Those days. So the day when you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit was poured into your life. You know, we are filled with the Spirit, poured. The Spirit is repeatedly poured into us as we follow Jesus and as we grow with him. Exuberant, it almost feels... It would be wrong to say wasteful, but it almost feels that way in some ways. And as this downpour of the Spirit into our lives, that's what it's like. God poured his Spirit into our lives generously, filling his people with the Spirit of God. Uh, It's also selective. Now, it says here, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. But it's not, that's, that's not exactly, and you're, You're probably thinking, well, everyone in the whole world then since the day of Pentecost. But it's clearly not the case because uh, it says here, uh, even in the same verse, your sons and daughters will prophesy. You look in chapter 3, as we will next week, it's abundantly clear that the Holy Spirit is only for God's people. You look at the rest of the Bible and it says the Holy Spirit is poured into the lives of God's people. So all people who are gods is actually what it is meaning. So it is selective in that way. This is God's people having the spirit poured into our lives. And the fourth thing here, so it's personal, it's lavish, it's selective, but also amongst God's people, it's indiscriminate. So it's sons and daughters. So it is young men and old men. So it is servants, both men and women. All discrimination on the basis of age, uh, of uh, gender, of status, all discrimination in God's people is removed because every member of God's family has the spirit. And it is spiritual. It may seem slightly silly to say the spirit is spiritual, but that's important to say because he talks talks here about uh, dreams and visions and prophecy and so on. And this is God, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, communicating with God's people through the spirit into our lives so that we may grow in the knowledge of God, so that we may grow in the love of God, so that there may be a growth in the number of people knowing God, because the day of Pentecost was at the end of the day an evangelistic day, wasn't it? I'm a bit concerned, actually, uh, after our small group a little while back. I suddenly realized, uh, perhaps uh, at the end of it, um, uh, as we'd shared things to pray uh, for, that uh, all the things that we'd, we'd shared and we'd prayed for, for one another, they were all physical things, ailments, and so on. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for uh, uh, for things like that, of course. Um, but I, want, I, I just thought... But we've got to pray for the spiritual stuff as well, haven't we? What about, actually, Lord, we've got this stuff going on. Please help us to be faithful to you and to keep on uh, uh, spending time with you, even though we've got, you know, all these hospital appointments or whatever it is going on and so on. Um, and please, Lord, may there be people in our lives who are impacted by the fact that we have the Spirit and who can come to know you as well, all those things. Remember that the Holy Spirit was poured out to promote spiritual growth. 
sometimes those rubbish and difficult and hard things that happen. But actually the really significant stuff is that we grow spiritually through the hard times, through the illness, through the disease or whatever it would be. And that we could get to know the Lord better and serve him in those tough times. So what's happening before the day of the Lord? Well, the mercury is rising, or if you like, the spiritual temperature is, is, is rising. It has been rising since the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's been poured into our lives when we became Christians, every single one of us. And there is a spiritual reality at the heart of our lives. And just think of this. Ever since the day of Pentecost, we're in a new era. Temperature's rising. The mercury's rising. Ever since that day, there have been millions, millions of Christian people down history with the Holy Spirit poured into their lives, walking this earth. And that should be making a huge difference spiritually to this world. Who knows what this world would be like if that hadn't happened? And who knows what this world would be like if we all walked according to the Spirit and kept in step with the Spirit who has been poured into our lives. And we should be, shouldn't we? Christian people together in this city should be making a huge difference in our city, in our country, in our world. And how should we respond? Maybe, maybe we should be people who will repent because, to be honest, our Christian life hasn't been what it could be what it might be, what it should be. And we're not living as if the Spirit had been poured into our lives and surely, therefore, making a difference. Maybe uh, it's a matter of rejoicing. We'd want to rejoice more that actually God has given us of his Spirit poured into our lives and that day we made that commitment. Maybe we might need to quietly start over. Um, I'm just going to suggest at the end of this, we just have a few Moments quiet to respond uh, to our Lord God. So what's happening before the day of the Lord, the end of the world? The temperature spiritually uh, is rising. I will pour out my spirit and God has into our lives. May that be making the difference that God intended. Second, I will show wonders. And that's verses 30 and 31. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. There was a Sunday morning um, and uh, there was uh, a pastor who was preaching in his church in the town of Forest, Ohio. And uh, he was a visiting preacher, actually. And uh, he kept on uh, preaching. And then uh, in his sermon, he just kept on asking God what else he needed to say and asking God for a sign. And as he preached, the church was hit by lightning. There was a thunderstorm and the church was hit by lightning. And actually, uh, the pastor had one of these um, uh, roving mic like this one here. And, uh, uh, and the lightning went through the system and it ended up in this. Uh, and he got a big shock. He was okay, but he got a big shock through the, uh, through the PA system. 
And, uh, and then uh, it was, he was okay. It, it was all right. And then uh, about 20 minutes later, the church was on fire. The lightning had caught fire to the church. And so uh, they, they evacuated uh, and everyone was fine. And they brought, they caught the, they called the fire brigade. And a little later on, and it was uh, the local fire chief um, who had been called with his team. Uh, he was interviewed by the local paper. And all he could say was this. It was kind of interesting. It was kind of interesting. Well, when God sends signs and wonders to this world, they're not just kind of interesting. There's a real purpose for them. It's a sit up and take notice moment, isn't it? It's not just, oh, that was interesting. Hmm. What next? No, this is serious. So the wonders in the heavens and on the earth, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. We're supposed to take notice. But then when it says here, uh, it's before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So when, when's that going to be? Well, the word before can be used in two ways, can't it? So uh, here's one of them. Um, I am standing before you today. Here's the other one. I got to church before you today. Now, the word here does not mean I got to church before you today. So we're not talking about time. It's not talking about that these great signs are going to happen sometime before Jesus returns. It's more that they'll be happening, well, in the face of is another translation, or as an immediate precursor to, or even as part of Jesus' return. Personally, I think these things are going to be more part of Jesus' return. So the word before does not mean, you know, 50 years before Jesus returns or five years or one year before Jesus. No, it's talking about in the face of Jesus' return. Okay? So uh, as we take that, um, Jesus is saying I'm sta- uh, that uh, when I return, that there will be these wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. That is the most likely understanding of what he's saying. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before, or better translation, in the face of the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, um, but we need to know these things, don't we? And it may be that there will be some of those great things in these last days. And there are these things in the last days. Because uh, uh, when the spiritual temperature rises, you can absolutely be certain that the devil is going to be really rather interested in that. He's going to be reacting to it. He knows his days are numbered. He knows he's going to be destroyed. And what does evil do in the face of its own destruction? It will react. It will do all it can. And I think that's one reason, for instance, why uh, you can expect things like a a global pandemic. That's why there was the Black Death, for instance. We can expect these kind of things to happen. We shouldn't be uh, taken off guard by it or surprised by it. No, the spiritual temperature is rising. And of course, therefore, there will be opposition to it as the devil does what he can. If you like a sign of the devil getting squeezed spiritually. And thrashing around, seeking to cause damage and chaos before he's utterly destroyed. Might say we need to smell the coffee. Don't be surprised at these things. Because the pressure, the temperature has spiritually been rising since the day of Pentecost. So how do we respond? Don't be surprised. 
They're showing us that God's word is true. It's reminding us that Jesus will return. And we will live our lives in the light of that. And we might live our, our, our life differently because of that. Because it must, it must change our behavior. It must affect our priorities. What's really important to you? I mean, what is really important to you? And what is really important to you in the light of Jesus' return? Hopefully, those two lists would be the same. If you made a list, what's really important to you? And that's what, what's really important to you in the light of Jesus' return? Hopefully, those two things would be the same. I guess if we really got this spiritual pressure rising, the mercury rising ever since the day of Pentecost, um, and how acute it is that the Holy Spirit has been poured into our lives as his disciples. We're going to take things more seriously, aren't we? It's going to make an impact on our giving. It's going to be, make an impact on our being here. It's going to make an impact on what we use our holidays for if we're working. Well, great to be able to get up to Keswick or to get a Bible by the beach or to get and serve on a venture and so on. Mercury is rising. God says, I will pour out my spirit. And he has. And we know it. And we live in the days of the spirit. And then second, I will show wonders. And the third thing here, I'll save people. I will save people. Look at verse 32. Uh, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. You see, there are two lots of calling going on. So on the one hand, there's those whom the Lord calls, and then there are those who call on the Lord. I think the best way to understand that is the Lord calls, and when the Lord calls you, you call on the Lord. I think that's a biblical way uh, of understanding that. And uh, uh, and we need to remember, Joel wrote this a long, 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 long time ago. What would it have meant for the original hearers? When he said, for on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance. And I think probably the guys going off, being taken off to exile in 600, I think Joel would have written this by then. And they would know that there would be a deliverance to come at some time in the future. Um, but also spiritually, verse 32 was certainly fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, wasn't it? 3,000 people got saved on that day. And that's really important because there's a, there's a hugely significant link there between the giving of the Spirit and evangelism. Because on the day of Pentecost, the biggest thing was the evangelism in terms of the result, wasn't it? The biggest immediate result. <laughs> People, a lot of people got saved. The last days had begun. The gospel is going out with power and conviction because the spirit and people are getting saved. Leslie Newbigin said, uh, uh, to experience God's salvation is not simply a matter of illumination. It's a matter of regeneration. It's not just new seeing, but new being. So verse 32 should give us great confidence. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
and I've probably told you this before at some top point, but when I used to work with Cypher, the youth work organization, um, a number of times, we, we did a lot of training events around the country, and a number of times um, we did this little thing with youth leaders, and we said, look, you've got your youth group, it's Sunday, and, uh, um, uh, and for some reason you know without doubt that Jesus is going to return at midnight. What would you do with your young people tonight, this evening? And there were only ever two answers to that from the, all the young people, uh, young people's leaders we, uh, uh, we were with. On the one hand, some said, well, we'd have a, a, a glory session. We're going to worship the Lord until he comes. And then on the other hand, there were people were saying, oh, we've got to go, go out and tell people. And those who were desperate to go out in, in, uh, in focused and desperate evangelism right up until midnight. Personally, I think that the folks on this side, in the evangelism side, uh, were, uh, 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 were the ones that I would want to side with. Certainly from Joel. Certainly from Joel, that's what you want to say. Everyone who calls on the name will, of the Lord will be saved. So let's get out there and, and, and encourage people uh, to, uh, to um, call on the name of the Lord. The mercury is rising in these last days. Jesus' first coming. And then his second coming. And in between the two, the mercury is risen because of the giving of the Spirit. And the pressure has risen too because of the reaction of the devil to that in these things that we see in our world. And God says, I will save people. Those who the Lord calls will call upon the Lord and will be saved. So we've got the opportunities. Early part of next year... We have this a passion for life in the uh, the month before Easter, a global, a global, a, a national um, evangelistic initiative. We're getting involved with more about this uh, this coming um, autumn time as we uh, uh, help and encourage people with that. Uh, but why wait till then? Jesus might return before next March when we'll be getting going on it. Why wait till then? We can invite people on Sunday. We need to get going with more um, uh, Alpha or Christianity Explored courses and be encouraging people to come along and so on. Let's do that. Robin Williams, the actor, is probably best known for starring as the English teacher in the film uh, Dead Poets Society, in which he revitalizes the pupils' love of English. And his repeated phrase, carpe diem, seize the day. And ever since the day of Pentecost, with the spirit having been given, the mercury is rising. Let's seize the day too. Let's, let's uh, be quiet. Let me pray. Uh, and then we'll be quiet for a few moments. And then back to Chris. Father, thank you that in these last days, as biblically we are in, the spirit has been given. We know that there are strange things happening in the world, not just a global pandemic, but there is uh, all sorts of, of things going on. And we know that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Please, Lord, help us to seize the day with the help of your gracious Holy Spirit. Amen.